Hello and welcome to Behind the Fender podcast by the Short Map Players Tour. My name is Mitchell Young and one of the newly appointed SMPT directors taking a look at the season so far as we reach the midpoint. If you have not heard of the Short Map Players Tour, we are a Short Map Bowls company who organise and run Short Map Bowls events across the UK and Europe to promote the game of Short Map Bowls. All our events are open to anyone to play in and for more information head over to our website shortmapplayerstour.com. Before we get started, let's introduce you to the rest of the team. So hi guys, how are we all doing? Good to see you all. Very good, very good. Yes. Evening fellas, how are we? Thanks, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Go on, so I'll let you go first. Okay, my name's Simon Pridham, uh, Director of the Shortmap Players Tour since its inauguration in 2012 and uh, former England player currently living in Cyprus. Uh, Craig Burgess, director of the Shortmap Players Tour, same time as, as Simon, um, one of the original uh, founders of the Shortmap Players Tour, uh, and uh, used to play for England as well um, as Simon, but uh, living in England still. And we've also got Stephen Gow, who's also part of the SMPT team. Hi guys, so um, how's it feel we're getting back to a good normal season for us again? I think it's great from a, a short map uh, players tour perspective that we're back this season. We've, we've been able to get a so far full season of events in. So yeah, no, it's been from especially from my perspective, I think it's been it's been really positive. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. I mean, obviously, two years without much bowls, not just for us in the SMPT, but all over Europe. And of course, we've had a couple of pairs of events that we've run over the last couple of years when we've been able to. But uh, it is so good to be back playing a full. Uh, world ranking event season so and a good first half we've had I think too yeah I mean everyone's just so excited they're just back playing competitive bowls in one of our events I mean we, you never know when, when we you know open entries you just don't know what's going to happen if, if they're going to sell out quickly and I think just the response that we had for the for the UK Open which which is always popular or has been previously um, but yeah. you just don't know with, with the pandemic and you know some players not coming back to, to, to bowls uh, which is really sad, um, but again, there's always new people as well coming in. So we, we, you know, we've got quite a few new faces. I think in a couple of those pairs of events that we did, including a um, a PDC uh, world ranked darts player, which was which was interesting. So uh, no, it's been it's been it's been a a bit of a slog to get us to the to the point of of this season. But we're just so grateful to everybody that's come back, uh, all the new players that have, have come and played in our events and. Uh, it's kind of just, you know, picked up where we left off, really. And uh, let's take a look. So our season started in August. You know, we had the World Cup and the UK Open and also gave an opportunity now, both you guys, to um, put your bowling shoes back on and have a, have a go with a competitive bowling event again. Because it's been a long time since you played well, in, the, in these events and experienced it for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I played the first season, but only the first half of the very first season. And Craig played in what was it? Just one event, Craig. Just one event. Did. I think we just yeah. It was I don't know what the, the circumstances. It was sort of the the Swedish Masters back in 2013, mm. 14 sort of time. And I remember me and Phil got drawn in the same group, which was which was quite amusing. But um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it was really good to. I, I think COVID had really, um, I guess, cemented my my idea of coming back and playing a bit. Um, and uh you know life's too short really to, to not and i think we're in a position now where the, the tour has been going for 10 years we've got a really good um kind of set up 
and format for our events. I think it was the right time. I mean, you know, the whole idea of these events originally when we set them up was events that we would love to play in. But no, I think, we're, you know, it's great to be to be back and, and great to be, be able to get on the mat and, and put up a half-decent bowl every now and then. Yeah, we don't get the opportunity to play that much competitive bowls now. Certainly here in Cyprus, you know, we've got leagues and we even have a national championships, but you don't, you're not playing at the same level. So, yeah, I mean, I was never overly bothered about playing again in our events. It was always, for me, the running of it. But I think because of the hard work that we've all done, Phil included when he was on board, of course, you know, you and Stephen with the behind-the-scenes work you do on the websites and tournament software, all that, it's sort of, you know, and even the girls helping out with, with doing everything. So even with all the blogging we have to do and the filming, it still has allowed us to be able to play. So, you know, that's um, testament really to how far we've come since we first started and how well we seem to be able to run the events. And yeah, I've got to say, it's good to be back playing. Uh, I've really missed playing at that kind of level. So I think the banter as well that we, you know, we've, we've kind of, we, we we have banter anyway, which is, you know, for, for sure. But um, mm. the playing side adds another dimension, I think it's fair yeah. to say. It's all taken it's in, in the right way and done in the yeah. right way. And it's, it, yeah, it is good to be, to be back polling again. Yeah, brilliant. So let's take a look at the World Cup then. That was first up. Uh, another win for Ireland. It was, it was my first ever World Cup, you know, to play in. I absolutely loved it. It's been one thing I've been trying to do since I've been playing all the, in the events since I started and come close a couple of times, but not quite, you know, managed to do it. So that's the only good thing that come out of COVID was that I managed to sneak in to a World Cup spot. But um, no, yeah, that no, was really good to play in. Um, unfortunately, we lost in the final, England lost against Ireland, but, you know, it was... It was really, really good high level high level bowling considering most people haven't played for a long long time. It was close close. I mean, yeah, five one was the result, but when it comes down to it, really, it was what two shots in it. I think two shots. Yeah, yeah. So you know, another close final. I mean, England still haven't won the World Cup yet, but they're always there and thereabouts. And you know, you guys gave it a great effort. Um, and it could it really could have gone either way. Um, as it did the previous time we played with Sweden and Ireland in the final. So we've had some good finals in World Cups and I think it's a great event. It's a good start to the season and, uh, yeah, players, uh, I think, really seem to enjoy playing in it. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. definitely one of those events that I think, again, when we when we originally you know had the idea for that, we, we, you know, we looked at other sports, we looked at... Um, we looked at the darts, for instance, and how they do the World Cup. And I just think it just rewards those players that... Um, are playing consistently, playing multiple events, and gives them something to aim for. And um, Ireland once again just seemed to have that knack of, of you know, I mean, obviously you look at the names they had in the team. Very, very four very good players. Um, very difficult to beat. Um, I think the closest, as I say, probably was England in the final actually in, in terms of the shot difference. Um, Wales managed to pick up two two mats against uh, against them in the group, but. Um, mm. But no, it's it was a it was a good event, a good good way to start the season, and and probably a predictable result. Just for those um, people listening who are not aware of how the uh, World Cup works, it's the Short Mount Players Tour World Cup, where you accrue ranking points across the singles events throughout the season, and then the top four from each country be invited to play in that in the World Cup the following season. So moving on to the UK Open, our first female winner, Pauline Beatty, really really good performance all weekend. Yeah. There was a lot of high-class bowling considering the time of the year. 
for short map holders that is it was great i mean you guys had good runs yourselves didn't you as well i mean i came in as a very late replacement i wasn't going to play the season but i'm glad i did i had no expectations going into it really my aim was to get to last 32 at least in the cup and i managed to get to the last 16 uh lost to peter roberts who obviously had a great season so far um but yeah happy with with how i did no. It's interesting you say that, though, Simon. You say about <clears throat> you didn't have any, any, I guess, um, uh, aspirations, or you know, but you, oh. you, you'd already set yourself. And I think this is key to, to a lot of people. You, st- you still set yourself a target, yeah, which I think is really key for anyone out there, um, you know, looking to play in our events or any event. You know, set yourself targets from the Saturday afternoon into the Sunday morning. The amount of people who are saying how much they were aching because it's mm. in effect been their first tournament for two and a half, three years. You know, yes, they might have had a bit of practice at club level, but nothing really on that scale where you're playing so many games in a day. So you could tell um, a few people were a bit rusty, but you know, I think everyone was keen to try and put in as good a performance as they could. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Pauline was 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 tremendous. Um, I mean, you look at that final as well. Um, Dan was was playing probably the best bowls I've seen him bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. Actually, I, I, I think you know, a tweak in his delivery potentially. I, I think, especially in the release. I think from what I could see from previous years, but he really seems to have have, have nailed that now. And um, yeah. yeah, I was really impressed with Dan, um, yeah. and also really impressed um, uh, Michael, who who I lost to in in the uh, last sixteen. Um, yeah, Michael Dory. He he Kent. was played really well. Um, he was the only player. That, that I played that that weekend, who who was kind of you know playing the game for me the right way and, and just just putting bowls about as well and and yeah had a really good match with with uh, with him and, and obviously he went I think he got bronze medal in the end so yeah, yeah I mean, he had a good run just lost out to Dan by one in the semi so yeah you know he well, as you said he did have a really good weekend so yeah I'm sure he'll be uh, chomping at the bit. And again, there's lots of players there that really showed, you know, new players that come into it who really enjoyed it and and did well. Um, so no, it, it's it's really good. I mean, again, you never just never can tell uh, with our events um, who's gonna who's gonna do what. And I think um, it, you know we'll probably hear it in the interviews from from Pauline herself. You know, there's, there's a little bit of luck needed as well on the day. And a few of our season uh, like tournaments so far is that if you get a lead early in the final really goes for the ones that, that win them because like Pauline yeah. had it she didn't get significant but a, a, a strong enough lead really sets you up same with Joe in the Irish Open yeah and again with Peter as well so that seems to be the trend so far anyway this season mm. I think there was and... a shot that Dan played quite early on in the game that he was a bit unlucky with and there was another one sort of a bit later on in the match where he just needed a bit more forceful I think and I think looking back on it Dan watched the, the, the final back and, and messaged me about it to say that, yeah, you, you know, yeah, probably should have been a bit more, a bit more positive on that particular shot. But it's, again, it's easy to say in hindsight, and especially mm. easy to say from behind the camera. Um, but um, yeah, sorry, so are you going to? Yeah, I was just going to say, but that was the same with our previous final before COVID, Alex against Lawrence. Mm. I mean, Alex was bowling excellent stuff all weekend. Yeah. And just, you know, I mean, Lawrence is a top class bowler. But he just couldn't. I mean, Alex got that lead straight away, and just mm. there was no chance for Lawrence to pull it back. But um, as you say, getting that strong start really does set you up in uh, in any game, really. Yeah, but that'll be interesting to see how that pans out for the rest of our tournaments, wherever mm. it goes that way for all of them uh, in the finals. But um, yeah, uh, moving on, then we move on to the Irish Open. 
uh, in September in Belfast. Great to get back to Ireland. I'm sure you'll agree, Craig and and Simon. Yeah, it was it was a great tournament. I mean, that's the first Irish Open I played in. I played in Belfast before, but in the World Masters a few years before that. And I really noticed how much I had to up my game that weekend. And another singles victory for, for Joe Beattie that week. Yeah, I mean, Belfast, I'd say, is, is, is definitely for the purists. No, it's it's a great venue, fantastic venue. I think we'll come on later on talking about our favourite um, venues and, and, and places to, to play. But, I mean, for anybody that, that loves short mat, um, the Belfast events are, are fantastic. And, uh, yeah, great to be back in uh, for the Irish Open. Um and again, you look at that quality when you get down to the sort of the last, even the sort of the last 16, last, yeah, last 32, last 16, all the players that get to that sort of stage, I think any one of them at that point can win it. I think the only surprise really that weekend was, was Adam Paul not winning, um, you know, having made the final. I mean, he he is a machine um, and it is, uh, I think not many people will disagree that I think if Adam played in, in all six of the, the, the world ranking events, I think he'd be... Well, if he wouldn't be number one, he'd be number two in the world. I think he's he's he is one of the best um, players that I think has graced the uh, the map. You know, certainly that I've seen in, in the time that I've played. Um, not just from SMPT perspective, but but international bowls before that, he's he's definitely up there. So I think there was a point when I was filming the semi-finals. Actually, Joe looked like he was he was down and out. Actually, yeah. I think he was playing Ian Hobson, and yeah. um, I was concentrating more on the other mat actually. And uh, I flipped back over and looked, and, and Joe was back level. And uh, I thought, wow, he, he's you know just been able to change the game. And, and, and you know, Joe's won multiple um, SMPT singles events, and, and somebody that, that can do that can, can obviously you know turn around a deficit like that against a class player that, that is Ian Hobson. So, no, it was a, it was a really good, really good weekend in, in Belfast. And um, again, you know, Joe added another another title to the to the collection that he's already acquired over the years. Alan is a great player. He's just, again, obviously won the world singles qualifier in Ireland as well yeah. over the last uh, last week or so. So uh, showing his consistency for sure. So as we just talked about the first two events, let's hear from the two champions, Pauline and Joe B. Hello both, how are you? Hi, yeah, fine, thanks. Hello. So, um, firstly, we'll start with you, Pauline, our first female winner of an SMPT singles event and your first singles title as well. How did that feel? Yeah, I was, I was delighted on the, on the day. Um, um, as I said, I got a few reruns in other tournaments. It always seemed to be failing at the last hurdle. I think semi-finals was maybe the first I got third place. So, I actually was, you know, just more surprised that I actually played consistently well the whole weekend because... That that weekend in particular, I had played very little short mat leading up to it, so I had really no no expectations of doing well. I was only there to make up the numbers in my head, so um to do well and to actually win it was I was chuffed to bits at the end of it all. So um yeah, it was a good weekend. I mean, going in going into that final, interestingly, I I was behind both you and and Dan in, mm-hmm. in the final, and on the walk down to the rink, I saw how really focused you looked. And it and it and it showed really in the, in the quick start you had going into that final. You put down under a lot of early pressure. You got an early lead and then just sort of saw it through to the to to take the win. Yeah, as I say, I had a good game with Dan and and the and the group stage because I knew I had to beat Dan to actually qualify because the group was quite tight to get out of. So, um, and Dan obviously played very well in, in the group stage as well, the top of the group. So, 
you know, you should have knew right that you know, might you know, going into the finals they would still have to play well here and, you know, it was try to be as focused as I could be, I suppose, like, because um, to get that, you know, to get to the first final, obviously wanted to try my best to do well. So it just, it just worked out on the day. I think what we've, we've got to talk about is after you win Joe's celebration. <laughs> oh, as I told the moon for Pauline, so I was. I've, I've always wanted her to do well, and she's always done well in them, but she just has never got to the, over the line, got to the, the win the final, so this, so... We've always done well in the powers and things out there, but I was just glad to see she won a single one on her own. So I just sort of went over and grabbed her. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was uh, was really good to see. So, Joe, a fantastic uh, Irish Open victory. Um, how did that feel, especially winning uh, an SMPT title in your own backyard? I know you've won one before, but um, how was this one coming back off the back of COVID, etc.? It was sort of good because it's been a few years. Uh, Maybe 2017, 2018 since I've done well, and really when COVID sort of is, so I hadn't really done much, much over the last uh, four years, five years. So I was just glad to sort of get over the line again. So was, uh, I hadn't really done that well in many events between the last title and now. So I was just glad to to get the win. So this and on home soil is always a bit more special. So this because uh, I'd always find the sort of you can the, the players can be more difficult to beat at home, so they can, and uh, so it's sort of it's always nicer to win at home to this. And you're playing Alan Poor in the final, another very good bowler as, as we all know. And again, yeah. another quick start for you in that final. Rune put him under a lot of pressure early on and put you in a great position to um see it through. Yeah, it just all went right from so this. I just got on the got the lane with the mat pretty quickly so this and got into a nice sort of style routine and sort of it was sort of settled in really quickly so this. Uh, so it was sort of it's nice to get that done so it like, gives you a bit of confidence as the game goes on so it does but uh, getting the mat so it is you, sort of, you can start sort of playing that we yard on shots but sometimes you don't get the mat it makes it that more difficult you're trying to fight the mat and trying to find a line but it just even clicked on that game so it and just hope this will glad everyone went right from it and Joe you're now older and merit number one how do you stay there and stop Pauline leapfrogging you sits in third <laughs> Uh, she's not going to the next event. Uh, <laughs> it's always difficult, so it is. Uh, I'm just more focused on just trying to play bowls and play well. If something comes out at the end of it, great. Uh, but it's just sort of more go out and enjoy the bowls and try and do the best I can. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If it doesn't, well, so be it. Um, what, what do you think it takes, Joe? You've, you've won multiple SMPT singles events. What do you think it takes? And also, I know, Pauline, you've won multiple events with, with Joe and and in the other SMPT events. But what does what do you think it both takes to win more than one? It's just everything has to go right for you. It's sort of a, a lot of luck is involved. That sort of you just have to, the group stages have to be right for you. You can get a tough group and you could end up sort of third, fourth, maybe sometimes uh, fifth or sixth of this, uh, if you get a, a real hard group. Uh, but it's just a lot of luck that sort of everything just falls into place for you on the day. And like a few years ago, at one of the events I've done well, and Alex beat me in the semi-final. And it's just sort of, as Javi has playing, has playing well, but just in that game against Alex, just everything went right for him. And he played really well, and he just nailed every shot he wanted to play. And you just have to hope that doesn't happen against you whenever you're playing games to try and go through and win it. And it, it showed that Alex went on and won that event for it. And it's sort of, but it's just, everything has to just fall into place for you. And it's just sort of, I, I've got the attitude now, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If not meant to win, well, so be it. 
just go out and play the balls and enjoy it. And what 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 do you think's the most difficult thing to deal with over an SMPT event for the both of you? The tiredness. Yeah, was, tiredness. Yeah, because yeah. you can fairly find yourself like, and the last event I think sort of I played my, my first game at nine on the Sunday morning, so it is, and I didn't play again at three o'clock in the afternoon. So that can be a long stint, and I was trying to not get bored or get into sort of sort of uh, to go home here so good because sort of you've been sitting so long. It's just the way the event happens. Uh, you could be in the third run and be at three o'clock. And you only a couple hours to wait. Uh, you could be in the first run and be two o'clock or twelve o'clock. But it's just the trying to keep focused and trying to sort of uh, try and stop the tiredness of this. So I'm sure there's a lot of photographs about be sleeping. So <laughs> uh, I I just spend a nap when I can. Just even I'm not playing bowls. Great interview with uh, Pauline and Joe there. I suppose the the interesting thing was Joe uh, saying there's a lot a lot of things have to go right for you to win tournaments. And, oh. you know, he says a lot of it's luck. I think a touch of that's modesty because he's a very, very good bowler. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting his point with regards to, you know, you, you hope you don't run into a player who's just everything goes their way. And I think I remember the semi-final we referenced there to, with Alex. I mean, obviously mentioned Alex, Alex's win, uh, the English Masters previously. Um, that final, Joe was... was Looked like he was in command of that um, first few ends there, and Alex just completely changed his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, went very aggressive um, and and hit everything, as, as Joe said. So you do hope that you don't end up playing against a player who who just you know whatever they do, it, it comes off. But um, I guess that is an element of of, of luck as well. But uh, we all have games, I think, where we we can't miss, and but more often than not, we have games where we can't hit anything. So it's just uh, yeah. I think he's he's been very modest. I think in terms of the, the luck piece, but there there is an element of luck. I think, and if you are able to get off to a good start, and as we've already touched upon, um, in in, a, in an event or in a, in a match, then um, you know you, you've got to you've got to keep uh, keep your head down and and uh, hope it, it goes your way. And then moving on to the Norwegian Open, everyone was delighted to return back to Norway. Uh, everyone really enjoys the event over there. And a first victory for Peter Roberts. He's yeah, really definitely. come on. He's really, you know, looked up his game. And I think... Um, well, he's, know, he's, he's he definitely... sort of takes it... He takes it quite professionally, doesn't he? He's, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. The, the events are hard work. They, they, they're they tough on your mental um, state. And you have to be, you know, you have to be fairly... I say you have to be fairly fit. <laughs> Maybe not, but but the the days are long, and so yeah. you know it, it takes a lot. I mean, you saw how Tommy was at the end of the final there in in Norway. You know, he's not getting any younger, Tommy, and he'd admit that himself. And he he, he even said to me at the end, he was just really feeling the strain in that final, mm. and it can affect you. You know, at at that crucial time when you're playing the big game. Tommy oh. must be our oldest finalist. I mean, just yeah. looking, just thinking back to yeah. sort of other events, but yeah, he he. You know, he did so well to get to that final. Um, yeah. When it was Matt, you played on Simon. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty rapid. Yeah. In comparison to some of the others, but um, again, it's all that's all part of it, and I think that's what mm. I love about the different. You know, we've talked about the the, the Irish Open where we're playing on wide greens on a on a mat on mat venue, so they're slightly slower. Mm. And then you go back to to the UK Open where we're playing on the wide green lights. Um, on top of the, the the indoor surface, so again they're slightly slightly quicker than, than the wide greens. But then you go to Norway, it's a completely different surface. Yeah. Um. You know they 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 were sort of the Verdi mainly Verdi tops. Um, yeah. 
and uh, the, the odd uh, the odd wide green top, but again had the the Verdi backing. So you know they, they were playing very quick over there. There wasn't there wasn't a slow mat at all over no. over there. So it, um, it, it suited Peter's game. He was yeah you know just draw draw draw. He was the draw machine that weekend and mm-hmm. bowled the mats well, bowled them intelligently, played the right shots, and uh, yeah you know bronze at the UK Open and then fully deserved his win in Norway so he's doing very well second in the yep. world rankings now second in the order of merit so doing doing very well this season yeah definitely and i think i mentioned a few times in when i was sort of commentating on the matches he, you know he, he's he's a robot uh, and mm. he certainly was that that uh, that day uh, and that weekend so no congrats to, to to peter he fully deserved his win mm. Uh, that weekend, and and again, I think as you mentioned, there wasn't. A, I don't think we had a, an Irish player in the semi-final, so it, it just yeah. does show you that that sort of surface and and those mats. Um, the, the Swedish players, I think there was a, there's a chap who beat me who who then went on and took Gary McNabb in the next round to to the tiebreak, and and you know potentially, yeah. and, and Gary probably saying he should should have won. Yeah. Um, but they're playing on those mats week in week out. They just they're so used to those mats and those yeah. conditions, so. Definitely uh, a great place to, to, to play. Um, tricky if you're not used to those sort of conditions, but uh, no, really good. And just a few mentions to the uh, home nation Norwegian players that had really good runs. Fort Amundsen, yep. Sue Amundsen, uh, all got to the last 16, and Joachim Jensen. So, that, you know, they've done really, really well in their, you know, home event in Norway, last 16. So that's great to see... Uh, those players get through the rounds and get to the last stages. Let's hear from our uh, Norwegian Open champion, Peter Roberts. Peter, um, firstly, congratulations on your win in Norway. How do you feel now? You've won your first SMPT title in singles. Yeah, thanks, Mitchell. Um, yeah, no, it's it's great. You know, um, ever since I started playing on the tour back in 2014, it's been a, a dream of mine to win one of the singles events. Um, you know, I've I've come close on a few occasions and. And uh, obviously, just earlier this year, I got a, a, the bronze in the UK Open, so I've been trending in the right direction. And yeah, it's it's great to to finally get a win um, on a, at such a good tournament. You know, um, been to Norway every year since it's been round, and like I say, I've I've been close on a few occasions. But um, yeah, it's it's great to have uh, finally got a win, uh, and hopefully, it'll be the first of uh, of, of more to come. And talking of the final, you played Tommy Dahlgren, very established Swedish player. He's played a lot of our tour events. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a very up and down game. It was a very, you know, you pulled away early, then he'd come back, and he sort of it was sort of the contrast of the two, two, um, you know, types of gameplay. You know, you're very much a draw bowler, and you know, done that very precise and, and played really, really well. And Tommy went a little more aggressive, so it was sort of a battle of the two, the two types of play, really, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think from memory, I think I only played the one, the one weighted shot, which was uh, when I had an opportunity early doors on one end where the jack was sat with the ball next to it, and, and I managed to play that one quite well. Um, but yeah, generally Tommy was playing the weight extremely well. You know, I, I was drawing well, um, but I did keep leaving a few opportunities for him with the weight, and and he took full advantage of that, and it, it kept him right in the game right up until the very end. Um, I know early early on I got six up um, through some good draw bowling, um, but then I. I gave a, a couple of a couple of opportunities away, um, put myself in, under a bit of pressure uh, and some great great weighted shots from Tommy uh, to level the match up at six all, um, and even right to the very last end where 
where I, again I drew I drew well, but he played a perfect weighted shot, knocked the jack into the ditch, and um, and put the pressure on myself to have to draw up to the line to to keep it close. Uh, he needed three on the last end, and and he he was looking like he could well have got it, but um, with my third bowl, I managed to get round the back, and fortunately I put the pressure back on him, and he just didn't didn't quite manage it on that occasion, which uh, which obviously secured the win. Let's talk. Let's talk about. This. So the surface of Norway is a lot. It's a lot quicker than the, the other surfaces on that we play on in the tour. Yeah. Uh, do you think that sort of suits your game a little more? Do you think? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose it does. I mean, I don't mind uh, playing on. Obviously, I do like the the mat on mat venues, like the rink venues as well, uh, where it's all nice and even. But um, yeah, in Norway, obviously, the floor's quicker. You have to be very precise with the with your weight for the draw. Uh, any any little bit under or over with your pace, and it gets exaggerated on such a fast mat, uh, such fast mats. Um, but yeah, you know, every mat's a little different as well in Norway. With the floor being not perfectly flat, you know, every mat has a has its little differences in its lines, and uh, you have to uh, you have to adapt to that. So obviously, early early on in the game, if I can if I can find a line quick, quicker than my position, I can get that advantage and get up early in the match. I mean, you must, yeah. you must be delighted with this, how this season's gone so far. Yes, I am. Um, you know, it, <laughs> I certainly didn't go into this season expecting to be uh, to be on such good form. But um, yeah, I made a little a little change before um, Chelmsford, um, the World Cup and the UK Open. Normally, I always use my international bowls. I've used them for years on the rink venues and... Uh, this season, I decided just to make a little change, and I went to malignoids, um, which you know I've never done before. So I didn't really know quite how it was going to affect me. I was I was in two minds whether I should or not. I didn't know if it if it would end up hindering me switching my bowls because you know I, I have been very consistent generally um, in normal seasons, but not to this level, and that definitely seemed to to give me that little bit of an advantage. It felt in those games, I just played with the bowls really well, um, and yeah, I was in. I did. I did lose uh, a game on the Friday in the World Cup um, against Sandy. Played very well. Um, I think we, st- yeah, we still got the um, the win, didn't we, as a team? Yeah, you were in the team as well, weren't you yourself? And um, you know, we managed to get ourselves through into the semi final. Um, we had a good win, didn't we, against uh, Belgium, and then um, obviously faced Ireland in the final, didn't we? Um, and yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely seemed to help me using that little bit more bias and, uh, it got me off to a great start, you know, getting that bronze in the UK open straight after it. Uh, and then over to Ireland where the mats are definitely quite heavy over there. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to get a lot of turnout, your bowls on those mats. And, um, yeah, I played well on the Sunday after a bit of a struggle on the Saturday, which got me the plate win. And, um, yeah, then I, I use different bowls in Norway, obviously, with it being quicker surface. Um, I use slightly straighter bowls, but um, yeah, no, it's it's been great. You know, it's been it's been great so far this season, and I'm just hoping I can continue it on. What do you think helped with your progress over them years? You know, playing, just being in so many events, you know, playing against such tough opposition uh, on a regular basis. I seem to remember on that very first event, um, I played Pauline actually in in a group, and she, and she beat me by a point. And I remember it was it was tough, and I think I had a fifty percent win for that tournament. And uh, it was a bit of a, a shock, you know. I sort of went into it thinking, oh, I know I'm good, you know, I know I, I know I can compete, you know, just through the years of of playing, and uh, but never expected it to be as tough as it was. As the years have gone on, just playing more and more events, and you know, now I'm, I'm entering, I enter every singles event now, um, at least every season, and and it just brought my game on, you know, and, and when I play, 
uh, in my local team, uh, the Stockport team, the Northern League. Um, I play singles in that as well, so I've got a lot of singles experience now and time on shots, crucial shots, to think what is the best shot to play, what will work, what's going to stop my opposition um, from being able to win the end. It's not always just about piling balls into the jack, it's about being positional making sure you've got cover around the back, cover in front. And I'm taking that bit more time now um, than, than when, you know, when I was younger. I used to just get down on the mat, roll the ball down and just not really take much thought into what I was doing. You know, I knew I've always been decent on the draw, but, you know, just having that alone is not enough. And I've, uh, I feel like I've, over time I've improved in all areas of my game just through sheer, uh, you know, number of tournaments I'm playing. So what is the one challenge that you have to overcome to win a singles event? It's it's a bit of fatigue, really. You know, you, you can feel it on a, after a Saturday or certainly after the, after the event's over. But during the event, you know, you can feel it's that, you know, the stretching forward, bowling after bowl after bowl. You know, your legs can feel achy. You can get tired. But I think one thing that really helps is hydration, having a drink. I don't know if you've noticed, but I always have a bottle of water or a bottle of juice with me. And I always like to regularly sip um, to keep myself fresh like to you know when you're playing all day you know round after round after round you, it's easy to get dehydrated and that can you know affect your concentration and possibly my shot choice so I make sure I've always got water with me and I tend to have a little snack between each round as well you know to make sure you keep nibbling on a snack or a little chocolate bar or something as you go or you know a bit of banana or something so we're halfway through now you're doing yeah. really well now you're at this stage what's your ambition now yeah, I mean, the start of the season, my ambition was qualify for the World Cup team again um, and win an event if I can. You know, that's always been a, t- a target of mine is, is to win a singles event. So that was the that was the key was trying to win an event and qualify for the World Cup team. So I've I've checked you know I've checked that off my list. Um, I've got that one now. So this the pressure sort of of sort of feels like it's eased off me now. You know that internal pressure that I had on myself to try and win an event. Now I've done that. Um, and I'm in a good position for qualifying for the World Cup. You know, it all depends. It's, we're only halfway through, so I need to keep making sure I make the main knockouts and, and try and get as far as I can in, in each tournament. Um, but, yeah, I suppose, I mean, there's an opportunity for, for for the world number one spot, isn't there? I think I'm only a few points behind Mark, and, you know, if I have a good event in York, that, that could be, that's definitely a new target now that I didn't have at the start of the season. Great interview there from Peter Roberts. One thing I did want to pick up on, and uh, Craig, I'm sure you can enlighten us this a bit more. You spoke about um, snacks and stand hydrated. Um, is there anything you guys particularly like to uh, snack on or keep hydrated on over the weekend? Well, I think Simon's the expert when it comes to snacks. but um... Oh, very rude. <laughs> but, yeah, very um... rude. <laughs> One thing that I've, I certainly have noticed... Um, Again, I'll, I'll say you know, it's been 10 years since I've played real competitive, uh, serious stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm 10 years older now. Um, you do need, I think, to, to manage um, the weekend uh, in terms of uh, in-between matches, etc. So I think I just try to keep myself and, and my energy levels up. Um, and, and the greatest tip um, I, I got um, was it was around, you know, keeping your sugar levels, etc., uh, up and your energy levels up. So, for me, Jelly Babies has been the uh, the you know a couple you know a couple of Jelly Babies before you before you play basically uh, 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 each match. Just keeps oh. you 
keeps you sharp, keeps your sort of you know your focus. So. Iron brew ones, yeah. And they actually that was uh, Thomas Cole, so uh, thanks Thomas. So yeah, the, the best combination ever, <laughs> iron brew, uh, and uh, and and jelly baby. So um, yes, no, they they certainly helped me through um, the, the this this season so far, and uh, I will continue to use them. Yeah, it was an interesting point you made there, really, sort of going back to what I said earlier about keeping your, you know, your, your mental focus and having to keep your stamina up because the events are so long. Um, you know, I always remember Dick Allman from mm. Sweden before every match, he's stretching his legs and, you, you know, you just have those players who there are some that just have that extra focus for it. And, you know, as I, as I said earlier about people aching after the UK Open. It's amazing how if you're not playing regularly or, mm. or or not doing that, looking after yourself, how that can affect your uh, performance on the bowls, Matt. Well, I think yeah. Mitchell will certainly uh, you know, <laughs> back me up here. There's a matter of times that we've played in, in events together. Um, mm. And on the second day, I've, I've, uh, I have a certain muscle that I pull. And um, that, that's uh, after I had a good run in the national singles one year and we had the national pairs the next day. I think that was the, the time actually when we, I ended up leading um, in the pair, and, and we stayed that way ever since. But mm. um, it's uh, yeah, you do need to to watch out for that and, and say, Dick, yeah, you said maybe you said really high jumps. You probably could jump higher still than than I could even do it yeah. when I was when I was fit. But yeah, um, yeah no, I, I think you, you do end up with, with with players that have different. And I'm, I'm very much a people watcher, and I like to see what people do. Sort of to keep themselves kind of focused, to keep themselves in, um, and uh, it is funny seeing some of the, what some of the players do in between the matches and, and that type of thing. I'd be yeah. interested to get people's feedback and and um, if there are there any superstitions or little quirks mm. that people have before you know before matches. Are there things that people like to do or don't like to do um, bef- before mm. matches? Um, yeah, always interested to see that. I mean, again, you look back at some of the players over the years and little quirks that they may have had or, or little traits or you know, certain players you couldn't even speak to before a match. Um, um, so no, it's it, it is interesting. But yeah, let us know. You know, give us your comments. What what's uh, what do you use? You know, is there anything you use in between uh, matches to to make sure you, you you know you keep your your A game up? So let's chat favorite events and why. So let's chat through our for our calendar. What's what are your guys? Mine personally, I love I love York. I mean, um, the, the previous few years, he's got up a few days before and spend that and just going around through York's. It's a lovely place to visit. Mm. Uh, Norway's another one. Is, is really, really nice. And um, another one's Belgium, but that will always be a special place in my heart now mm-hmm. <laughs> following um, the uh, World Championships. But, yeah, what about you guys? What are your favourite events and what? It's, it's been interesting playing in them this year and, and from a from a player's perspective obviously I've not done all of the events yet so but I don't really have a favourite I look forward to all of the weekends really it's a bit of a cop-out answer I know but I just think they all bring something different um, and, and you know depending upon I guess the, the, your preference in terms of what 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 match you like playing on and you know every single venue's got something to bring I think you know, Belgium is also very special. I'm sure Simon will be the same. We we were fortunate enough in 2008 to, to play in the World Championships uh, there, and it's great to see, I guess, where we've we've been able to sort of grow from 
the way valley days when we had 12 mats for our first competition to, to where we are now so uh, you know there's a long-winded way of saying i haven't really got a favorite venue <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah see for me it's, it's the same as you, as you say it's, it's slightly different for us because where they're running the tournaments we've not bowled in them all i mean for, for me playing wise i think that the, the pinnacle really is probably the world masters we have the most amount of bowlers they are the best bowlers in the world, and we, you know, we get players coming from different countries to play. So for me, it's the best event and the one that you probably want to try and win. Mm. Um, I mean, I've never played an an SMPT event in Ireland. Um, I mean, I'm not entered this year, but I'm on the reserve list for the World Masters. But I, I, I mean, I've played pairs, but not but not singles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the same, Craig. I mean, like you say, every everyone has their different reasons for playing an SMPT event. And as jo- Joe said, you know, he likes to travel um, because they have a good weekend and they get to visit different towns in different countries. And that is a big part of our events. You know, we, you know, basically set up to, to run bowls events. It wasn't necessarily about, you know, having a good weekend away or whatever. And, but, you know, everyone talks about it becoming a bit of a bowls family. So a lot of people do like to go to these different places just for that experience um but but we do like to take it to places where you have got that yeah um, opportunity absolutely uh, outside right. of the bowls to, to do more and yeah. we like to go to nice places to, to, to you know to be able to do that and i think yeah. we've got a really good a really good balance of of, of venues um of venues that we go to so no it, it's good i've really enjoyed norway i mean you know the, the bowling is good. It's a fast amount on a hard floor is my preferred choice of, of map to play on. And, but again, from the organizing side where we've had the professional filming before, that was really interesting and great to be a part of. And, you know, outside of the bowls, you know, the, the club, they've been really welcoming the hard work that Gunnar and everyone puts in over there and doing things like the, you know, just sitting around that campfire, doing a bit of curling. It, 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 it's a, it's a, it is a good weekend away, that. and I've enjoyed that over the last few years, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit different this year. And, and mm. you know, I think because we, we changed the weekend that it normally is run on to try and try and help with some flights. But, uh, you know, it, it probably helped some and not helped others. And I think it was yep. very difficult. Um, and also, you know, we, we have to rely on a fair bit of sponsorship um for, for for in norway as well mm-hmm. uh, from from local uh, businesses um which again i, I, I thank uh, gunnar ronald and, and the team they do a fantastic job to, to to do all that and uh obviously since covid it's a lot lot harder to get some some sponsors on board so mm-hmm. um, you know we weren't able to do all the things that we've been able to do in previous years but we're hopeful next year that we are going to be able to do something on a saturday night for people so yeah Keep, keep your eyes peeled in terms of the dates as well. We're, we're looking to get the dates confirmed for, for next season. Um, so we'll have those out soon as well for people. Um, I mean, at the moment, it's, a, it's looking like a full... Well, it will be a, a full season again next season as well for us. What about you, Mitchell? What's, what's um, you know, all the events that you've, you've, you've played in, in terms of, what you know, what's your favourite? For me, I think it's certainly been the Irish ones. Certainly as a player, if you want to go to one place and really improve your game, it, it, it that's the one event or the, the events that really made me up my game and probably some play some of my best bowls of, you know, for me personally. You know, like when you come out of a tournament, you go, I play really well there. It doesn't matter whether I got knocked out. Mm. You know, as long as, you know, you've personally played well and you can go, well, I couldn't really have done much more. Mm. So that, 
that shows, you know, being by the better player, then you can take them on the chin a lot easier, can't you? Yeah. Um, when you go into games. So, but certainly, I mean, I, I was really pleased with how I played in the Irish Open. I didn't bump into Roman Stubbs and, you know, and you're not going to, you're going to, you're up against it. And the same with, in, I think, the World Masters when I played in that a few years ago, I thought I played really well and got to like the plate quarters. And, and that just shows you that, like, you know, how the level of play you have to really up your game to even get through. Get yep. through to get through some rounds, even you know, we're in a group game, even depending on how your group is. Well, you know? I can remember that one year in the World Masters. In, <laughs> I know in, what you're going to say. <laughs> Quarterfinal yeah. of the of the Shield competition was Desi Hamilton and Colin McHugh. I mean, you know, that's that's just feel sorry for those that were in the in the uh, the, the Shield that year. But um, yeah, it's it is definitely the one. I think if you're as you say, if you're looking to to play against the best players. And I always remember that first year playing for England and we went over, the British Isles team, and we went over to to, um, to Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland, and we um, we on the Friday, we would have been the, the Thursday night because they don't play on the, on the Sunday uh, of the British Isles, but the Thursday night we had a, a friendly against a, a local club near where we were staying. And bearing in mind, we've got the whole England 16, you know, going, going there for that. And it was... Um, I think we lost all four mats um, against the club side. And um, I think that was my sort of, you know, 16 years old. My eyes opened up to that point to, to wow, a club team's just beaten the, the full England team here. So, it, yeah, I think the level that they play at in Northern Ireland or, and Southern Ireland, obviously, is, is just a, a, yeah, a different level. They can play competitive bowls most evenings but it's probably one for another podcast just about the I guess the state of where the game is at the moment probably not the reflection they have at the moment in in, in Ireland um, with the amount of tournaments that are not being run or, or being cancelled but uh, yeah it's definitely one maybe for another another podcast there's still limited amount of available spaces for the English Masters in February at Chelmsford so if you'd like a spot, then please don't miss out and uh, head over to our website to enter at shortmapplayerstour.com. And also moving on to our next event coming up is the Bowls is Bowls World Fours Masters and Bowls is Bowls World Pairs Masters at Falcon Chelmsford. I mean, I love a, a Fours uh, competition. Um, it's probably, yeah, I would say it's my favourite discipline, actually. I, I do love, I do like Fours. And... Um, Look at some of the teams that have entered there. And previous, I mean, we had we've had sixty. I think sixty is the most we've had enter, which was the the one before COVID. Um, we're up to about forty five this year, which is still a you know a decent a decent amount. And if you look at the the names and the teams that are entered into it, it's uh, yeah, it, it is a great a uh, great event and and probably you know up there with the, being the hardest fours competition to to win in my eyes. Uh, certainly, it's a it's it's a great uh, it's a great it's a long day, but it's a, it's a good day. Yeah, some tasty groups. It's good to see players playing with other players from other countries, which has always really happened in these events. So, uh, you know, 15 years ago, you wouldn't have thought you'd be playing pairs with a or fours with players from Sweden or Norway. So it's really great to see that. And what I love about it is you get a good mix of, you know, club players who just want to play events and world champions playing. So... Yeah, looking forward to what should be a great weekend. Right, well, that's a that's a wrap on our uh, first podcast on Behind the Fender, our short map play store. 
Yeah, thank you to Craig and Simon for joining. It's been good to have a chat, give everyone a good update, and to those that have maybe never heard of the Short Mount Players Tour. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mitch. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. And again, you know, any any topics that people want us to, to look to, to go through, not nothing too con- controversial, but uh, if people want us to suggest stuff to us, um, I think we'd like to try and make this a, a more regular aspect for, for, for the tour moving forward and a conversation and, and bring people on to these uh, podcasts moving forward. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's as much, again, like a, the sort of the style of our events. It's, you know, we want the players' feedback into, into all of this and, uh, is this something that you've enjoyed and, and what would you like to hear from us moving forward? I mean, we could spend ages talking about your delivery, Craig. So a masterclass <laughs> I think is the, uh, is, is the term that you're looking for, but yes, it's how that's, how that's changed over the years, mm, but not improved. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you again on the next episode of behind the fender podcast by the short map players tour. And don't forget to check out our website, shortmapplayerstore.com. If you have enjoyed the podcast, then please do like, subscribe and share so we can spread the word about the tour and shortmap bowls. And if you want to follow us for all the latest information, then you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, at shortmapplayers, Instagram, shortmapplayerstore, and now on TikTok, at shortmapplayerstore. If you're interested in getting a new shirt to play in our events or a hoodie or fleece, then head over to bolstrader.co.uk and type in SMPT into the product search to view our range of available clothing.